This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you battle the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this your podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within a specific category. Uh, For example, this week we want to find the best game that you hate for a very specific reason. Uh, It could be absolutely anything. Uh, Crusader Kings 3, for example, uh, some people might object to that game entirely on the basis that it arguably glorifies the concept of hereditary monarchy. And if you had strong Republican leanings, you would find that understandably quite distasteful. Uh, Speaking of creaking old institutions that are inexplicably popular, Popular. I'm joined today by editor in chief Tom Ari. How you doing, Tom? All right, my popularity has waned. <laughs> um, how's that? How are you measuring your popularity? Well, it's Twitter. I mean, it's all I've got to go on, really. I mean, it's less than it so was. The follow VG Tom All campaign has been trundling it's, along for years now. It hasn't really worked that campaign. Okay. Well, I mean, look, you're, you're very popular with uh, the podcast audience. Who, uh, I keep getting messages about how they love uh, your deadpan uh, delivery on absolutely everything, regardless mm. of how you feel. <laughs> very hard to read. Um, uh, we're also joined uh, by associate editor Alex and uh, guide editor uh, James. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm still smarting from my last appearance uh, where I lost on the basis that MGS2 doesn't control very well. So game on the Nintendo 64, a console with a Rube Goldberg machine as a controller. So I'm feeling uh, slighted and vengeful. Thank you. I'm in a perpetual state of uh, of annoyance. So you know, that's yeah. Just me. I mean, you, got, you ask uh, you, you ask four sort of middle aged men to hate something for uh, uh, performatively on a podcast. You're going to get so much material, aren't you? Um, okay, mm. let's uh, kick off with. Uh, Tom's pick is, I'm really interested to, to, to find the reason for this one, Tom. Uh, what have you picked? Well, before I give you the pick, it's uh-huh. got a little, a little story. <laughs> so, Right, okay. I was, let's say I was 15. I haven't looked at the dates, so I don't know how old I was. Let's say I was 15. I'm at home. I'm like, oh, games are cool, aren't they? They're great. I love games. I love reading about games. They're brilliant. And this a postcard comes to the letterbox. What could it be? All oh, this looks exciting. It's a really fancy bit of graphics on that. What this game? Oh, Final Fantasy VII. That looks great. There's wonderful graphics on the postcard. That must be what the game looks like. <laughs> exactly like this postcard advertising this game. They can't be mis-selling it at all, can they? So yeah, that Final Fantasy VII piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason I hate it though, other than the fact that they completely. Uh, I mean, these days they probably get done by trading standards, advertising, whatever. Because you can't. I'm just, just... going to say, Tom. They did get done at a later date in the UK. I think it was probably around Final Fantasy X, where they were told they had to start putting not gameplay footage on mm. the TV ads. Yeah, there we go. I was ahead of the mm. game with my dislike of this. Anyway, so that postcard, which was a very nice postcard, convinced me 
to buy Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation. But I mean, I got over that part of it. The bit I, the reason I hate the game is that I got stuck on disc one, on like the, I don't even know what it was called. It was like like some kind of fairground or some shit in the sky. Alex will know what this is. Like a oh, saucer. 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 I, was, saucer. I yeah. could not get off this saucer. And therefore, I, from that point onwards, despite the fact that I kind of enjoyed it to that point and the chocobos and everything else, I now hate Final Fantasy and all Final Fantasy games. So, so hang on, let's 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 pinpoint this a second. <laughs> so you went to the gold saucer. I'm guessing you went down to the prison because you talked about chocobos, and then back up. You did the chocobo racing. Yeah, done the racing, and then you couldn't get out of the gold saucer after that. Something like that. Yeah, I remember being stuck on this saucer. I was like, there must there's, there's a whole load of with so many discs to go, and it's like we must be able to get past this saucer. And I was like, nah, couldn't do it, and that's it. Just uh, and I bought the game again years later, thinking oh, I'll give this another go. Never even tried it. Never put it back in the, the disc, put the disc in the machine. I just couldn't bring myself. To... Have you played the remake, Tom? Or are you still no, smarting from no, the? No, uh... haven't played the remake. There's no Although, gold source for in the remake yet. To be fair, so Tom I do plan to giving it a go because they've got rid of all the nonsense battle stuff, haven't they? And that's. I mean, stupid, you still got to do fight stupid map that's like oh, it's got three D map and you wander around and then you get oh something's attacked you randomly mm. by because you moved an inch i tell you what that that is the reason why i could never get through final fantasy set so i just i cannot i cannot like stand just being constantly interrupted when you're trying to find something mm. um so so that, that that entire game is just an exercise in just being irritated um i i got stuck uh trying to beat the materia keeper in that mountain um and, that's a hard uh, boss to be fair yeah, yeah. and uh and disc I, one or not? Uh, i think that's that disc, disc one, one. Yeah. yeah and i remember I got stuck too i got stuck on that boss that hard boss <laughs> <laughs> you just got lost <laughs> got stuck. i remember you got like you got, the, the amazing thing is you got, it now when it was you got lost and you got lost and quit in an area where there's no random encounters <clears throat> yeah that, i mean <laughs> i don't know why i got stuck I, I, I wish i could remember more clearly why it happened but I just remember in my mind, it's the saucer. And I was like, I'm not really annoyed that I'd spent money on it. I couldn't get off this thing. Mm. I knew there was a lot more to come because it was multiple discs, right? So <laughs> I knew there was a load more game. That's not even, I'd... I would say, not even halfway through disc one. Exactly. So who knows? Had they designed this game better, I might have liked it more. I mean, that's the way it is, really. It just, you're going to oh, no, I can't find the door. <laughs> Yeah, I have got, to be fair, I have history with this with doors. It's, it's not because, even a door though, like, Tom. It's a it's a cable car that you take. So it's like Hill. a big blue cable car. Well, it probably had a door, right? Silent Hill Four, the room. For a long time, I played that game, and I was convinced myself that its whole game was set in that room because I couldn't get out of the room. That's why it's called the room. I know. So I, I, I in my mind, it wasn't until quite a while later that I saw there was a whole game aside from this room. Playing mm. Rainbow Six, playing Rainbow Six Three uh, on doesn't the that have a lot of door based gameplay? And I used to play it online quite a lot, and all my people I played with used to take the piss out of me because I would like creak the doors open because it was a mechanic. Then you could push it really slowly, and they'd be like, "Open the fucking door!" And I'd be like, I'm creaking it open to see because someone might be on the other side of this door. Yeah, so I've got a problem with doors. <laughs> What's your favourite band? That's definitely specific. Um, that yeah. is really that is quite specific. Um, so you got to a place and you couldn't <clears throat> find your way out, probably because of a door. Uh, like as I say, I found Final Fantasy VII an incredibly 
difficult experience and lots of people talk like it was one of these because it's like the, the scythe it's the it's the final fantasy game that everyone loves and and it's it's what brought sort of jrpgs to the west really um mm. and uh, and made them like obscenely popular over here and uh and because it's like got this sci-fi setting a lot of people have told me over the years like oh you should really play it you should play it you'd love it it was really up your street actually and then when i eventually did i hated every <laughs> every second um as a being that constantly interrupted when i got to the material keeper um and it was uh, my first sort of read experience of this in RPGs. I said to a friend who was well into in this stuff, and he's like, oh, no, 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 you're not leveled up enough to do that yet. You have to go and grind a bit. And I was like, oh, well, do the one thing that's been fucking annoying me all this time. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. The, you know, the, the, the thing, you are right. It's like a quirk of this genre. It's like, I'm really glad that Pokemon games have started to get a little bit shorter. Because yeah, yeah. they have the same problem. Um, the thing that someone like you who would probably who yes would probably enjoy the setting and the story of that game the modern re-releases of these games where they've got the fast forward um and they've even got like just a you click in the right analog stick and the left analog stick at the same time and it just makes your character super powerful temporarily Mm -hmm. um it allows you to just sort of if you hit a brick wall like that you can just sort of punch through it yeah um, yeah yeah and then the fast forward especially i think even someone as someone who loves those games i struggle to play old rpgs now that don't have auto battle and fast forward mm-hmm. auto battle is where when you get trash mobs it just automatically hits the normal attack button for you so you can just blitz through them and then you can turn it off for the battles they're actually uh, i mean having having an entire like cruise control option for playing yeah. the game like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it kind of admits that it's a bit this rubbish is, right this is why this is why when like people are really upset right now that f- the final fantasy 16 is an action game it's basically like a devil may cry style game with an rpg layer on top and a lot of the hardcore <laughs> rpg nerds are really really fucking upset um and I understand the upset, but you can't release a game that is like that. Any, this is the thing that Pokemon are slowly realizing. Mm. Like their battles are becoming more dynamic and and, and less less like molasses. Um, it's what we yeah. were talking about the other week. We've got this convergence of genres now. Like everything's everything's slightly an RPG. Everything's slightly an action game. Um, and uh, like I love it because I I love I love uh, RPGs and stuff for the exploration aspect and the, the sense the interesting of, kind thing of being about, in a world. You know, the interesting thing about the remake is yeah, it's as a battle system, it's fascinating because it takes loads of lessons from things like The Witcher. And even things like Elder Scrolls, but oh, at shit, its core, at its core, Elder Scrolls is more like structurally a little bit, or it's a bit bioware as well in some of the structure and some of the chapters. Mm-hmm. But at its core, that combat system still, at any time you press a button and it slows down, and it, you know, how in, in Mass Effect you hold the bumper or whatever, and it brings up all the powers, and combat goes in slow mo, so you have time to pick a power. Mm-hmm. They do that, but when you press the button, what comes up is the traditional menu. Oh, right. Okay. In exactly the same format. So you can sort of go in and, 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 and so it's got that. And for people who like in Japan, this is a big thing, right? People aren't comfortable with action games. They've made it so that literally there's a mode that you can flick on where the action bit of the game plays itself. So you can just do the commands, which is sort of crazy. Um, 
That's insane. But yeah, it's 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 a really good sort of melding in the remake of those. I, f- I feel like I, I should play the remake now, uh, maybe to get over like I, I can't tell you how much I detested the mm-hmm. original. Um, now, like my my partner played the remake, and it's not really her her sort of game, but she loves Bioware stuff. It's and very she, Bioware. She really, she really, really liked the remake, but her main feedback was really liked that. I haven't got a fucking clue what happened in it. Well, the problem is, uh, it, we are far enough out from release, right? The problem yeah, yeah. is, don't is, spoil it. Do I'm not, not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil it in it outright in detail. But the prob- I knew I should never pick Final Fantasy. The, the problem with the the problem with the the problem with the remake is, um, it is not just a remake. There is there is more going on, and the deeper into the game you get the more it begins to diverge away from the original story in a way that you, Jim, as a sci-fi person, will probably find really interesting. Yeah, probably. In that, in that Star Trek-y mirror universe, what happens if Butterfly Effect, if one thing changes, what happens down the timeline, what does yeah. it mean? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think I should. Good. But you know what? It's bringing me back to that sort of like, oh, it's really good. Sci-fi is sci-fi, and it's got it's got a, it's got a cyberpunk sort of steampunk city in it. You'll love it. You've got a guy with an arm for a gun. Like However, you love that sort of stuff. I never played it, and I hated it. That's the lie, even about the original Final Fantasy VII. It's a game that has a sci-fi city, and it's got one core sci-fi concept running underneath it. But the wonderful thing about the game is that's about a third of the game. And then yeah. you exit that city, and you go into like traditional JRPG towns and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad I never finished it. It sounds horrendous. Uh, James... <laughs> What is your, uh, I mean, uh, God, the uh, JRPGs are getting a kick in today. Uh, what is your pick for us? And the kicking will continue. <laughs> to, yeah, to talk about uh, some games that came out after I, after I was four years old for a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that you called me middle-aged in there at the start as well. I, do, I, I did think, 20s, uh, look, you. for the sake of brevity, <laughs> I had to, but yeah, yeah like just, just to clarify, James is not middle-aged, like the but rest yeah, of us anyway, are. Anyway, um, the... Um, yeah the difficulty with these topics is always the best games part right because i hate a lot of very bad games for very specific reasons and well to divert straight away from bad games and into good games again when my when i think about games that i hate irrationally my mind goes straight to the elder scrolls 5 skyrim because um it's just so much worse than oblivion in every single way that's not my choice today because there are oh, so okay. many there is so, such myriad of different reasons that it's not a very specific one however for a double dose of very specific my choice today is persona 4 golden that i hate for the very specific reason that you can throw away tens dozens of hours of gameplay on a very specific uh, conversation and then the game just finishes it gives you the middle <laughs> finger, and you have to start again. And that yeah, is why I hate Persona 4 Golden. It's a brilliant game. I've got loads of merch. I've got loads of... I've got the insert coin clothes. I've got all of that sort of stuff. It's a brilliant game. <laughs> but what were they thinking that if you don't work in the corner shop enough, the game just finishes? The amazing thing as well is... are you ta- So, hang on. Are you talking about... I need to clarify this. I'm not going to say any spoilers, but are you talking about... The bit where the ending branches, or are you talking about the bit where also if you haven't done certain things enough, you can just lock yourself out of the golden content? Take your pick. They're both <laughs> extremely stupid. <laughs> so I was say, the astonishing thing about the latter is that 
the same fucking thing happens in Persona 5 Royal. They did it again. They, they, yeah, they don't. The, the, the Persona 5 is its whole its its whole own kettle of fish. The world's longest game. Um, it but, is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the whole Persona. I'm 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 happy to be crucified and then burnt at the stake for this. That because I've already said that I do I do really really like the Persona series, but it strikes me as. Uh, of all of the really beloved JRPG series, it is there are an interestingly large amount of things about it that are just terrible. <laughs> like we've already <laughs> talked about the battle system in like turn-based battle systems that they're, they're kind of a holdover from uh, development development restrictions that just don't exist anymore. But for some reason, we've just got to have uh, the the things that were in the old ones, not because they were good, but because they were in the old ones. So you just have to do the same. You have to battle the same bloke over and over again a thousand yeah. times. Yeah, the personas are all awful. Um, but yeah, the very specific reason that I don't like it is that you can just chuck out, uh, chuck out sixty, seventy hours of gameplay based on say, the wrong one, decision. Yeah, one I mean wrong that sounds. And, yeah, that sounds like like the. I haven't played Persona, um, but my so uh, the how I'm relating to this is having spent a youth playing a lot of point and click adventure games and back in the early days before they figured out to design these things for human beings to play um like a lot of Sierra were particularly bad for this you would have games where you would have one chance in the first act of the game to get an object to get an item that was crucial for a later part of the game that might be like right at the end like 10 hours later and there was no never any indication that this was the case and then you get to that part of the game there's no way to go back and like oh you forgot to pick up a snow globe sorry that's it now <laughs> well imagine imagine if in mass effect yeah. you were given a choice and rather than those choices leading to broadly the same place, one of those choices just rolls credits and you miss out on like 10 hours of the game. <laughs> that is what can happen in Persona, where basically the path to the true ending is there's a decision that you make. Yeah. And I, in, in the game's defense, I will say this. I think it's very clear the decision the narrative expects you to make and wants you to make. To put it bluntly, the, the 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 narrative doesn't expect you to want to commit murder, even if the person in question <laughs> is, is a horrible is a, is a horrible piece of shit. But if you do decide to exact vengeance, <laughs> you end up going straight to credits and missing. I would say it's probably about six seven hours of gameplay, right? You miss a whole dungeon. Yeah, there's an entire dungeon at the end. I think, but I think that's the second. I think there's an earlier branch. There, there is a, a less. In, in, there's an even more inconsequential conversation that you can mess up and then it just rolls credits it just fast forwards there the last do you know did game. you know at the time that you'd missed a load of game or did you just think it someone finished? could someone could totally finish that game in that way in the the event that i just described I don't know about the one that james said the yeah. other one that james talking about but with the one that i just described you could totally if you didn't have the internet or whatever you could finish the game and be like wow that's a real bummer of an ending yeah yeah so that's the that's the second branch where you can kind of go between like the the kind of normal and the golden and the true ending and that sort of yeah, stuff yeah. there is a very there is a specific bad ending and yeah i think you can branch to a bad ending after after yeah. you've kind of solved the mystery um but you can fail to solve the mystery on the basis of one conversation and then it ends um 
completely incongruously. You, your character just kind of goes, I'm going home now. And then <laughs> that's, that's the end. That's the end of the game. Start again, please. I mean, Far Cry 4 did that, but at least it had the decency to put it right at the start of the game, mm. like, you know, with pagan men going, uh, look, if you just wait here, I'll sort everything out. And then you wait here, and then five minutes later, he comes back having sorted everything out, and then the credits roll, um, which is <laughs> honestly the best way to play Far Cry 4, because you avoid having to actually play it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that sounds incredibly frustrating. But just to clarify, you do like Persona 4 Golden. Oh, yeah, but the, one of the reasons why it's so annoying and why it's so hateable is that the the, the whole basis of Persona is, uh, and why, it's a, why it is a brilliant series is that yeah. you... You, you through the conversations that you have through the characters you, that you meet and this kind of life that you build in a in a small town over the course of the game is so kind of compelling and you enjoy talking and speaking and building relationships with these people mm-hmm. and then completely incongruously based on some seemingly inconsequential decisions uh, your character just decides uh, yeah none of that happened I'm going home now see you yeah. later and then through, yeah. and then months go by and then and then, and then that's it it just seems like a it, it, it was I mean, just an absolute mad I think decision. I think, I think that's when actually you realise that you fucked up. Is that so? The game Persona works on a day to day schedule, so yeah. every day, so every night you go to sleep and then you watch the calendar move across a day, yeah. and it shows you the weather for that day and the things going on, and then you play it that day. And I think that's when you realise you fucked up is when it fades to black and you watch the calendar go because you're going yeah. you're zooming past months, and you're like, hang on, is this meant to be happening? I'm really glad you guys warned me about this because I was gonna st- I was gonna play this um, when it was uh, added to. Uh, uh, is, it, is it already on Game Pass or is it coming to Game Pass? It's coming to yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was one of the ones I was like oh, I'll try that out, and uh, and now I'm thinking I'm glad I've been warned about that, so I'm pre-warned, or I'm just thinking I won't bother. Sounds a bit stressful. Yeah, it's, it's a great game to be fair. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it's a fantastic game, and and once you know about once you know you can so utterly fail, you can. There there are plenty of kind of spoiler free stuff uh, that you can you know which kind of social links to 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 max out and who to speak to and what you have to do to unlock like the in inverted commas best ending or whatever. Yeah. But back in, I don't know, twenty ten or whenever I played it, it was uh yeah. that, that wasn't so much of a thing. So it was just like you didn't work in the corner shop enough. You didn't work you fool. You absolute you absolute melon. You should have worked in the corner shop. You <laughs> great. Yeah, cool. Guess I'll work yeah. in the corner shop for seventy hours next. I time. mean, it's it's a great commentary on uh, on uh, how our life choices can mess us up, isn't it? Um, I was gonna. Um, well, that would have been a good intro for you, Tom. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex, what have you got for us? I'm very interested in this one because uh, is it about the lead actor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 my choice is. I said before we started, right? This is quite a short one. I usually have a big, long story. I'm a James Bond fan. Um, I think the pantheon of Bond games is interesting. There's good ones. There's shit ones. Um, EA over the years, when they held the license, had a really interesting character arc as a company in the sense that they made some absolute shockers, and they were making like real scraping the bottom of the barrel stuff you know where they made that not the goldeneye remake because that was activision but goldeneye rogue agent where you played as a villain Mm. in the bond universe and it was called goldeneye even though it had nothing to do with goldeneye it was called goldeneye because the protagonist had a golden eye yeah the only reason the protagonist had a golden eye was because they wanted to call the game goldeneye to 
evoke the N64 game to try and sell copies. Yeah. Um, so EA made all this shit. They made some, and they made some ones that I think some people, um, some people really rate. Like I, I, I see people all the time, like talk about, um, it was called agent under fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. Night fire, but I think yeah. they were relatively crappy, FPS oh, games. Oh, there were six out of ten as fuck. Mediocre FPS games. Yeah, yeah. But then they made, then they made um, Everything or Nothing, which was this third-person action game. Sort of, people will not be pleased with this description, but I think it's fair. Sort of like an Uncharted before an Uncharted. Yeah, I think that's um, Where, you know, it's, it's got sections where you're on foot third-person and you're shooting. Yeah. It's got gadgets. It's got little mini-games. It's got driving sections. Isn't it uh, on the driving sections in the Need for Speed engine as well? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I've heard that. It was yeah. like that total thing of EA bringing all their technology together. So they made that, and that was a Pierce Brosnan game. Um, yeah. So they had the likeness of Pierce Brosnan, and they had Jaws back from the Roger Moore films and all that sort of stuff. They had a lot of fun with it. And they also used to cast celebrities in roles and do their face scans, which was fun. Then I think they hit a weird scenario where Brosnan was leaving the role of Bond. Daniel Craig hadn't been cast yet and they wanted to make another game. So they were like, right, let's make a game with an old Bond. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they want to make a game with Sean Connery. So they make a game with Sean Connery. So they do a a retelling of From Russia With Love where basically they retool that story in really interesting ways to um, sort of make it a video game, but also bring it more in line with modern Bond. So there's more action scenes. They use the jetpack from Thunderball and they use the Aston from Goldfinger with all the gadgets. Cause obviously none of that was in from us. We'd love it. That was the, the second Bond film that was really down to earth where what constituted a gadget was a briefcase with a button and you pressed it and a hidden knife slid out. Um, <laughs> you know, that was what constituted a gadget. In, in, in yeah, Russia. I've got a of, knife in my shoe. Yeah. So they, so they, yeah, there was the shoe knives as well. So they retooled it. Um, and they, much the same as I wrote this article on VG247, praising um, the GoldenEye remake. They got uh, Bruce Furstein, who is the guy who wrote um, some of the screenplays or some of the story treatments for Brosnan's films, uh, to come and do the uh, come and do the writing. And they got back like uh, I'm pretty sure the soundtrack is by the guy is by David Arnold as well, or one of his proteges. So they did all this wonderful stuff, and. The problem is, and the reason I hate the game, even though it's really good and cannot play it, <laughs> is that they cast Sean Connery as James Bond. And he's awful. It's really <laughs> sad. It's really sad because you've got this 75-year-old man yeah. returning to this role. So this is his eighth and final performance as James Bond. Yeah, And he's returning to the role that made him and i think for bond fans the fact that he was returning to the role in any sense was quite a big deal because he had quite a big falling out with um the producer behind bond cubby broccoli before um when he left the role and cubby died and his uh, daughter is now in charge of the bond franchise and he never made amends with them on that. So it was things like, I think they talked about having Connery back to play when, when uh, there's the housekeeper of Bond's family home in Daniel Craig film Skyfall. I think, and that's in Scotland. I think they, they have, have admitted that they thought about having Connery as that, but he wouldn't have anything to do with them, mm-hmm. um, which is real sad. And, but he returned for this video game and he talked about it in really glowing terms. He talked about how video games were an up and coming form. He talked about how he took the role because his grandkids really enjoy video games or are really avid video game players. But it doesn't change the fact that you've got this 75 year old geezer 
trying to sound like he's 28 again mm-hmm. and he just sounds awful and knackered in every single scene and it's not helped by the fact that they have a bunch of other actors who they bring back but because they're deceased so like desmond llewellyn playing q and um robert shaw who's the big henchman bloke um the lady who played rosa Clebb and the I don't know if the guy who played M back in those days in it, but they have all those guys in it, but they're all dead. So they recast them with soundalikes and they sound great. And yeah. but, so you've got this scene where you've got Desmond Llewellyn's face and an incredibly good impression of Desmond Llewellyn playing opposite Sean Connery in a new scene that you haven't seen before, which feels wonderful yeah. as a Bond fan. It's Sean Connery but, doing a shit impression of young but, Con- Sean Connery. But Sean Connery sounds absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. And it brings to mind like, it really ruins the game and it's sad because it's a great game. It's a great follow-up to everything or nothing, but it just, it's such a bummer to hear on so many different levels. And it brings to mind, like just recast the role. Like um, there's that deceptively good Scarface game that was on um, PS2, Xbox and Wii. Yeah. And that Scarface game, they signed Al Al Pacino on and they got him in and he started doing the voice and the directors of the game were like, your voice has changed too much. And so then what they did was Al Pacino went and found someone that he thought was going to be good to sound like young him. So they went and got him to give his blessing and pick the guy. And lo and behold, the guy they cast in Scarface, uh, I think it's called The World Is Yours, that first game, yeah. mm-hmm. is excellent. You you wouldn't be able to tell it isn't young Pacino. And that's what they probably should have done with Connery. But instead, you've got absolutely ancient Connery sounding... Yeah sounding just really just sad and really knackered weird. and yeah i mean yeah. uh the, the the funnily enough the same thing happens uh quite uh, the exact phenomenon you're talking about uh the back to the future telltale games uh, where you've got a, a martin yeah. you've got a, a michael j fox sound alike who sounds really good indistinguishable from uh, from michael j fox uh certainly in terms of video game acting and um uh, opposite a uh, christopher lloyd who is actually Christopher Lloyd and just sounds decades removed from uh, from his original performance. It's meant yeah. to be like only weeks later as well. And like the quality of his voice is, um, I don't know, it, right, this is going to sound mental, but his mouth sounds too dry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 you yeah, know, I... I and, and it's not like EA didn't know any better either because uh, yeah. a, around the same time they did that Godfather game mm-hmm. and they did a bunch of recording with Marlon Brando yeah. who was on death's door and they got the recordings and were like, we can't use these. Um, even though he's on death's door, I mean, admittedly he then died. So they didn't have to tell him they weren't going <laughs> to use his stuff, yeah. but they did ultimately <laughs> recast it. And then because it was a big deal that he was reading some lines as Don Corleone again, they at least included his recordings as like bonus stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, it, it's, it's so funny because obviously if you choose to do that, you choose to do what they chose to do here, which is to remake a beloved film with a beloved actor and really mine the nostalgia. Probably the worst thing you could do to undermine yourself is have this weird uncanny and and some actors, right, age yeah. and can and can continue to use their voice in the same way. I think, um, you know, Jim, you and I both like Doctor Who, yeah. and I think a, a big finish for whatever reason, 
all those all those old guys are all quite for good. some reason yeah colin baker now still sounds a lot like colin baker then um yeah and and which gives him a chance to do some good doctor who which he never got a chance to on the yeah. telly and um but you know but for whatever reason connery couldn't do that and it's like was it because he was too old was it because he you know he wasn't going to fly out to the game studio so he recorded it in his mansion in the bahamas so it's like that so he's probably over fucking skype or something yeah so it's like was it because he didn't have the direction was it because it was like you've got me for for six hours yeah there's no time to reshoot anything i do not know but it's it's not good enough and it's really sad because it genuinely i shun my contract i don't do reshoots it Um, made it made the game unplayable it just shows you the uh how 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 on a knife edge using any hollywood actors is because yeah. I, I i always like to put it on the what i now call the leah saidu scale after death stranding where she sounds like she's recording her lines in a hotel bathroom like <laughs> it, and 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 yeah you're, you're right it's just direction he was obviously on the on a sun lounger in the bahamas and it, yeah it, if anybody there's long plays of the game on youtube and i would uh, encourage anybody to go and have a look because it is really interesting and it is sadly that bad yeah uh so uh, speaking of death stranding uh, uh, do we live in a universe where jeff Keighley has done better video game acting than sean connery yeah <laughs> it's, it's 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 really I, I just, it's so tragic. so sad especially because yeah that was it for him and the role and even when bond had its 50th anniversary yeah and all the actors turned up at um the oscars to be honored he didn't turn up. He was like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. So it was all of them except him. It was like he, he wouldn't have anything to do with the role except for <laughs> this one thing, which somehow makes it even even more painful. And yeah. it also it it's then just really makes you think... It's weird that it was just this one thing. It makes you think that, I mean, aside from that bollocks about my grandchildren, like, like all that stuff, he just had a big bill to pay, surely. But probably, like, oh, I mean, it, I don't, I, you know, I, I, he has said, his official reasoning when he did interviews and stuff was he said... Um, it was two things. It was that From Russia With Love was his favourite film mm-hmm. and that his kids were big game players and that was it. Probably though, he was probably, it's like when he was doing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and stuff, he was probably just like, look, I'm phoning, I'm phoning, I'm phoning it in. <laughs> his um, reasoning for doing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is is fascinating. I don't know if you've ever seen that interview, um, but he he's like, uh, he's like, well, um, I was offered, <laughs> I was offered The Matrix and I didn't understand it. So I turned it down. <laughs> And uh, how would he have been in the Matrix? He was going to be Morpheus. <laughs> oh, fuck you! Know. He was going to be Morpheus in the Matrix, opposite Will Smith as Neo. That was yeah, the I know, I know the Will Smith as yeah, Neo yeah. thing, but that's um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just yeah, it's it, it's so it's it's so so sad because of his because of his history um, with the role, and it's just yeah. like I don't know why they didn't hear the recordings and go, you know what, we're going to recast. Or hear the recordings and say, you know what, we're going to recast an ADR just the lines where he sounds his worst, so it's a mix of him and someone else. Or why they didn't just say at the top, okay, we can't use uh, we can't use Brosnan because he's on his way out. Or they could just fucking use fucking Lazenby, use who still sounds the same. Yeah, yeah. Roger Moore was still alive and sounded. I mean, having Lazenby return to the role at all would have been as big a a draw as like oh, fucking Lazenby's back now you know and Dalton sounds the same as well he's yeah. like when you watch him and stuff when you watch him in like Hot Fuzz or whatever else yeah. or when he was in Doctor Who he sounds like his well, Bond that, still so it's like I he's mean, one that could have done it he, Timothy Dalton is a Welsh actor who are known for their sustained quality 
Um, yes. So. Uh, <laughs> This podcast has gone way off. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I've even on it. It's been JRPGs, yeah. which I hate. It's got you had Doctor Who, I yeah. hate. Yeah. Kojima games, I hate. <laughs> James Bond, I don't get. Like, why am I even on this? <laughs> all right, well, I've got to pick a winner out of all these. <laughs> Fucking hell, Alex, once again, you've made an incredibly good pitch for that. Um, so I'm just seriously going to go with the PS2 best, action game. Best game, yeah. Best game. Like, like listen, listen. Uh, right. I hate Final Fantasy. I right? was going to say you're on thin on. ice because your whole pitch is that you don't like Final Fantasy VII, which is all free. It's not about what I like. It's about the best game <laughs> that the millions of people adore. Like, honestly, like if this is goes to if this goes to Bond, there's one thing I'll say about, one thing I'll say about one thing I'll say about your pick, Tom, is that. Um, it's an it's an urban legend, but I think there's probably some truth to it, um, which says that basically when it came out in the States, Final Fantasy VII was the most returned game in history because a lot of people bought it. A lot of frat boys and the like bought it based on those TV ads, got two hours in and went, what the fuck, man? Like, what is this standing opposite each other, waiting for bars to fill up and returned it? So I think, I think um, whether it's for good or for ill, what you have picked is i think relatively i wouldn't call it exactly common but it wasn't uncommon um back in the day i think a lot of people were burned by those adverts and uh shocked um but then again i think a lot of people anyone who's a bond fan feels the same way roughly about um about connery's performance connery's very sad performance in from russia mm. we love so and I do love uh, I do love that Persona Four is is uh, is a brilliant game. Uh, aside from the the trap that it set for people, did you actually fall into the trap, James? That's the thing I forgot to ask. Yes, I did. <laughs> and so, were you fucked enough? You didn't have a save you could go back to or whatever. Um, so I'm try- I was trying to work out like how old I was when I played it, and I think I was roughly at the sort of mm. start of the start of teens. So I was stupid enough to probably have not made a save. Right, how so far I think back, I did have to throw. How far back would you have to go to fix that? Literally 60, 70 hours. Right. Okay. If you didn't if you didn't have a save, because Persona 4 has multiple save slots and it doesn't have an autosave, to be fair. So you yeah. have to reach that ending and then save over your file in order to fuck yourself completely. Yeah, but you do that kind of stuff if you if you're thirteen, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I've, I'm thinking about it, and I'm just so drawn. I'm just so drawn to the tragic story of Sean Connery <laughs> having his final turn in the iconic role that made him, and uh, and and it being a, a, a massive, a massive disappointment. And and what a terrible way to end your career. I mean, he already like he he decided he was quitting acting after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, right? Um, and like I say, he, he, he picked that project because he'd been, he'd been offered a number of roles and he'd read the script and he didn't understand it. He didn't understand the matrix. He didn't understand something else. And his entire reasoning was, and I read uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and I also didn't understand it. And all the other, all the other things I turned down were massive hits. So I figured this one would be as well. It is, it is literally in you his know? last two or three roles. So literally he, yeah. he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 2003. Yeah. He did. And he did voiceovers for one TV show and uh, one kids' film and one documentary. So, and then it, he, he did from Russia with Love. Yeah, sixty nine on Metacritic. Yeah, 
69. You know what though, Tom? It's it's. I think it's. I think it's a good. Like I think it's a good game. Like that and everything or nothing are great action games, and they should make a bond. Everything or nothing is a good game. Stop stop trying to find a loophole. Stop trying to find a loophole, Tom. I don't even like Persona, but I mean James's choice is much better than this Bond game. Come on. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. All right, I'm gonna call it the best game that you. <laughs> um, the, the best game uh, that you hate for a very specific reason is from Washer with Love. I can I, I cannot resist that that deep tragedy of of Sean Connery being a shadow of the person he was when he first starred in that role. It's too good. Well, at it's, least it's, it's too a good beautiful. headline. Mm. We've got Final Fantasy VII is worse than a PS2 action game. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it is as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate Final Fantasy VII. Like, literally, it's one of the worst games I've ever played. Exactly. So, Yours doesn't even count. I can't even bring myself to be angry about it anymore. <laughs> like I said, you will find out in this year's podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us get the word out. Uh, we're not just a podcast, of course. If you'd like to hear more from the team, then check out VG247.com for our fantastic news coverage, features, reviews, and game guides. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.